to. So what do you think? A podcast where we discuss weird and unsolved mysteries and events and give you our completely unprofessional opinion on them. I'm Jay and with me here is B. Hi. We're heading to the UK for our story tonight. We're going to talk about a gentleman named Gareth Williams. Have you heard of him? No. No, of course not. No. no. I would have been surprised. It's a pretty obscure case. And we're going back about 11 years now. All right, so let's get into it. So 32-year-old Gareth Williams was a wealth mathematician who worked for the UK government communications headquarters or, as it's called, the GCHQ, which is like a department of M16. So it's pretty high up, you know, secret intelligence service stuff. He'd worked for this agency since 2001 until his death in 2010, and he was working as a code breaker at that time. This is where we begin on August 23rd, 2010. Now, one of Gareth's colleagues noticed that he hadn't been in contact with the office or anyone from work for quite a few days. So he arranged for police to go to his apartment and carry out a welfare check. Geez, I wish that people like, I could go like a whole week at work and nobody would miss me. Can you imagine? Yeah. You get a phone yeah. call immediately. <laughs> With the other half away at the moment, it'd be like, who'd be checking on me? Uh, yeah, well, it would have to be work, wouldn't it? They'd yeah. Like, Where are you? You're supposed to be here. Yeah. So the police attend and they find something pretty horrific. They find Gareth's decomposing body naked in a North Face bag, padlocked from the outside in the bathtub of his ensuite. So it's like a duffel bag. And mm-hmm. I'll put a photo in the show notes. I'll put a link on Facebook and everything. Um, so it's like a big duffel bag. He's found naked inside the bag. It's zipped up and it's padlocked from the outside. And the bag is inside the bathtub. So it's mm-hmm. a bit bizarre. Yeah, a bit strange. Not your run-of-the-mill dead body discovery situation. No. So the investigation was underway and they noted a few things. So they found that his cause of death was due to carbon dioxide poisoning. So it looks as though he was actually alive when he was put in the bag and he suffocated inside. They estimate that it would have taken roughly about three minutes for him to die inside the bag. He had been dead for roughly a week before he was found. So obviously he had been dead that entire week that he was missing. There were no injuries on his body or signs of a struggle. And he also had no sign of alcohol or drugs in his body. Interestingly, the key to the padlock that was holding the bag closed was found inside the bag under his body. Now, about the apartment, there was no sign of forced entry or foreign DNA. The house was locked from the inside. There were no fingerprints on the padlock, bag or the rim of the bath either. And by no fingerprints, I mean not even Gareth's. So, and and this is an apartment he lived in. There were none of his fingerprints anywhere. The heating in his apartment had been turned right up, likely in an attempt to speed up the decomposition of the body. So just what are your thoughts so far in these early stages? Um, Someone didn't like him. Uh, Yeah, so you think someone else has done it? Yeah. Well, yeah. How would he padlock the bag? Uh And why would you, obviously trying not to get caught, they've cleaned all the fingerprints. Yeah, so that might be why there's no fingerprints anyway because someone's cleaned down the surfaces. Yeah, and someone he knew, there's no forced entry. Mm -hmm. Okay, yep. So I guess we've got two possibilities here. 
and that is that either someone did this to Gareth or he did it to himself. So we need to look at both. So let's look at this argument that someone did this to Gareth. So as we said, Gareth was a code breaker for M MI6 and had actually recently been working on a top secret intelligence operation designed to penetrate hacking networks. This was direct work with the SIS, not, and so he was sort of subcontracted out from GCHQ because they don't cover what whatever it was he was working on. He was actually looking into, I suppose, people that were trying to hack into government departments and that sort of thing. So he was sort of subcontracted out to the SIS. However, he had only lasted just over a year in this role and had planned a return to GCHQ for the following month. So he said he he liked the work, but he just didn't really like the fact that this work or this department seemed to attract real macho, fancy car driving, uh, post-work drinks and shit talk sort of culture guys. You know, those sorts of guys that just, you know, like jerking each other off every night after work. <laughs> so, so he was like, no, that's not my bag. And yeah. obviously it was the culture of the unit. So he felt like he was sort of not meant to be there. So he was going to be returning to his old role. Yeah. So of course we've got this whole espionage rabbit hole that we could possibly fall down because he was working as a code breaker. It did appear that the apartment had been, as they say, deep cleaned in the industry as there was not only no fingerprints, but there was no DNA either. There was like very, very little DNA found anywhere. The bathroom had zero fingerprints, not, not even his. So that seems to be, unless he had literally just cleaned his bathroom from top to toe, climbed into the bathtub, into the bag and, you know, died, it seems as though somebody had wiped down surfaces not much is really known about what he was specifically involved in because, you know, spy stuff, but he was a pretty high up dude by the sounds of it. His London apartment was rumoured to be a safe house, but when people have actually asked the agencies about this, they're like, no, nope, what? You're crazy. No, it wasn't a safe house. So it's really hard to get information on this case because of the nature of where he worked. Everyone's just like, no, shut that down. No, that never happened. No, you're just making stuff up now. So things that point to this evidence-wise to me, the fact that someone else did it to him, is that the heat was turned up. That says that, you know, somebody else was external to him. I mean, if you're going to commit suicide in a weird way like that, why do you need to turn the heat up? Not entirely sure. The lack of fingerprints also speaks to it, you know, not being him. And of course, the nature of his work suggests that he could have pissed off the wrong people. Now, this theory was thought to be supported by the fact that foreign DNA was found on one of Gareth's hands. But unfortunately, it turned out that this was just like contamination from one of the crime scene techs. So everyone got a bit excited for a little while. They're like, we found foreign DNA. We found this person. But it was just poor crime scene evidence gathering techniques. Obviously, the main thing we need to talk about is the fact that he was locked inside the bag. And a lot of people sort of looked at this and the police looked at this at first and thought, is it possible that he could have even got himself in there? Because that, that's going to answer your question straight away, right? If you can't lock yourself in a duffel bag, then there's no way that you locked yourself in a duffel bag. So there was a coroner's inquest in March 2012. In this, two experts made 400 attempts to lock themselves into a similar bag. They couldn't do it. Although right at the very end, one said that he thought that it might be possible. So it sounds as though he did it so many times that he was just like, 
I think that if I just sort of jigged it this way and got my finger in this angle and whatever, I think I could probably do it. Why? Yeah, I know. And and would you waste your time staging that? Yeah, exactly. It's all very strange. I'm going to kill myself today. Hang on. I'm going to attempt to lock my body in a bag naked 400 times. Yeah, that's it. Like if he had done it himself, he wouldn't have been doing it 400 times. He would have have talked himself out of it by then. Yeah, exactly. Um, And what a way to go as well. I can think of sort of better ways. Hmm. So, of course, hearing this coroner's sort of finding, the good old internet came to the rescue and someone ended up doing it in a YouTube clip. This, This person actually got exactly the same bag, put it in a bathtub, did everything and managed to actually do it. So I guess we can't rule out him putting himself in a bag just because of that. However, there were no fingerprints on the padlock or the bag and there were no gloves at the scene either. So it's not like he sort of did it all with gloves and then he would have had to have put the glove somewhere in the bag with him, no doubt. Uh, Now, no fingerprints on the bag I can understand because, you know, the material, what it's made out of. But how is it possible to not get your DNA or fingerprints on on the padlock? That I don't understand. Because you just don't have time to sort of wipe things down at that stage, do you? Or was it shoddy forensic work? They just didn't find the fingerprints that were there, maybe? That's also a possibility. So this inquest found that it was likely that a second person was present when Gareth died and that this person was likely to have been the person to cause his death. So that was the coroner's finding. So what do you think about this theory? Obviously, we kind of like this one better than him doing it himself. Yeah, I just don't know why you would do that that way if you were doing it yourself. Very dramatic, isn't it? Like, I feel I need to take my own life. Okay, yep, sure. But I'm going to do it really weirdly so people talk about it for 10 years later. (laughs) Yeah, it's just too time-consuming. Yeah, that's it. There's a lot of time to... And just given what he does as work, it's easy to say there's someone after him. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Well, although the coroner found that it was likely that Gareth was killed... It did, the um, the inquest did actually say that there was insufficient evidence to actually give a ruling of unlawful killing. So it was almost like the coroner's like, look, I think this is what happened, but I don't have any evidence to back it up. So then we, of course, need to look at, did Gareth put himself in the bag? Well, there was no defensive wounds, no signs of a struggle. It appears that he wasn't forced into that bag and there was no drugs or anything in his system either. So this site kind of suggests that he got in there willingly. Um, maybe someone held a gun at him. I'm not sure, you know. But if someone's holding a gun to you and saying, get inside a duffel bag, I mean, there's no good reason for making you get inside a duffel bag, right? Some people have said that maybe it was like a sex game gone wrong, although I'm finding it really hard to imagine what sort of sex game you're playing to be in a duffel bag. Yeah, there's some weird shit out there, though. This is true. I like literally did just think before you said that some sort of kink gone wrong. Um, There is some horrific stuff out there. So, yeah, no, I get that. I get that people have kinks, but I'm just trying to think of the um, mechanics of sex while you're locked in a duffel bag. I don't know. Yeah, but it's not about the sex part. It's about the being dominated part. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe it was like, yeah. Not being in control. Being made to do something dangerous. Or maybe like a um, dead body disposal fantasy or something like that. Yeah, well, people like dead bodies sometimes. 
Yeah, gross. Okay. Yeah, well, it does turn out that our Gareth was quite the kinky dude. People did find out later. As far as interactions with others, it seems that he was actually not really interested in other people. Uh, He seemed to be, shall we say, more interested in solo pursuits. He never really had a girlfriend or a boyfriend or anything like that. He really just largely kept to himself. It just seemed that he preferred his own company in every way. In his apartment, when the police came and had a look um, after everything happened, they found £20,000 worth of high-end women's clothing, 26 pairs of women's shoes, female wigs and makeup. So it appeared he may have had a cross-dressing kink as well. No judgment, just saying that was what was in his apartment. He also had an interest in bondage and his uh, computer browser history supported this. He'd been to quite a few bondage websites and a picture was found of him on his phone naked except for leather high heel boots. So he obviously had some stuff that he was into, let's say. Now, three years prior to this, his landlord had heard him shouting for help one night. She thought that something obviously had happened. He'd had an accident. So she ended up breaking into his apartment to to try and give him whatever help he needed. Now, she ends up going in there and finds him with his hands tied to his bedposts and he can't get himself free. He says that he was just trying to see if he could get himself free, like a escapology sort of thing. But the landlady said that there was definitely like a feeling of sexual undertones to what what was going on. So, So was this like a bondage challenge, like get yourself out of the bag, you know? This would explain why the key was in the bag with him. Maybe he dropped it underneath because it was under his body, the key. So maybe he dropped it and he just couldn't get himself out, you know? So what do you think about this theory? I have no words. (laughs) You're not going to be trying this on the weekend? Nope. (laughs) I mean, I'm lonely, but not that lonely. Um, Yeah. Not the first person to die Mm. during kink. (laughs) Yep, definitely. I mean, there's still question marks about Michael Hutchins, so. <laughs> True. Um, and there was someone else as well, not that long ago. There's been a few, I feel. Yeah, usually asphyxiation related. Mm, which this um, was at the end of the day. It was asphyxiation. Mm. Just in a different form. Yeah. The no fingerprints thing is weird though. Unless he was like a clean freak. Like maybe he was one of those clean freaks and he got off on cleaning and he wanted everything to be spotless. So then he got all worked up doing the cleaning and then thought, I'm going to go do my kinky bag routine. Did they ever find out where the bag came from? No, I guess it was implied that it was his, but no one really knew because he never really, I don't even see any evidence that he had friends, let alone close people in his life. So no one ever came forward and said, oh, yeah, that was his bag that he used to take to the gym or whatever. Like what did, was there anything about his family when this happened? Nobody said nothing's out there about his family that I could find anyway. So, yeah, he just seemed to be quite a, a, a loner, quiet, really, really smart, really, really successful in his job, but just didn't really want to engage with other people on that level. So I suppose just found his own entertainment which is fine if that's what you want to do. But just, you know, if you're going to do kinky bag shit, just be really careful and maybe. That's why couples have safe words. Well, this is use a safe word if you're doing it alone. This is it. This is the problem. If you're on, on your own, there's no one there to help you out. And I think that maybe that sort of leads into a third possibility to me, 
Um, I'm not sure how valid it is, but I thought maybe he did have someone like a sex worker there with him who was like playing his game with him and was supposed to be the safe person or whatever, and it just went too far. I mean, they reckon that it would have only taken three minutes for him to die in that bag, you know, and maybe this person panicked and took off and, you know, but I doubt that, you know, they would have known how to leave the apartment evidence-free. And it looked like this place had been cleaned and scrubbed. I don't know. I mean, it's a possibility, but it's not as high up there for me. And it also seems as though Gareth wasn't into sharing his sexual stuff. So maybe this is kind of unlikely. So, so yeah, there's not a whole lot to it. We really only have the two main theories in this case, but they're both quite compelling, I think. You know, like there's a, there's a lot to both. You have to ask yourself, if he wasn't like a spy master, would we still think that somebody killed him? Um, yeah, only because of the getting in and out of the in the padlock and the no fingerprints. Yeah, that is weird. That's weird. Um, I think this, I don't know. I really don't know for this one. Although I think someone did it, I'm just going to lean more towards King gone wrong. Well, the thing is as well, like let's say this was a hit, right, because he's in the industry, maybe he got too close to something, maybe he pissed something off. And, look, if you want to look into this case on your own for people listening, you can go down so many rabbit holes. There are so many conspiracy theories attached to this, but none of them had really any merit to them. They were just people sort of spitballing. You know, there's KGB, there's Americans, there's all this sorts of stuff. My favourite. Yeah, all that, that conspiracy stuff. But the reason why I haven't really gone into detail in, in this episode is because it's literally just people saying, what if it was the KGB and no evidence behind it at all? So you want to go and have a look at conspiracy. It's always the KGB. Yeah, that's it, those dodgy Russians. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that I think it's possible. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm 50-50 on this one. Look, I, I probably if I had to go in a specific direction... I tend towards it being an accident, but, you know, I just feel that there's a little bit more evidence for that theory. What I don't get though is the cleaning up and, you know, the turning up of the heater is weird too. So let's say you're doing a kinky sex game um, and you're going to be in a very small confined area. Do you go and turn the heater right up so that it's super, super hot as well? Was that part of the kink? I don't know. Look, as a kink expert, I don't know. (laughs) Jeez. I, I know. Don't know. We're, we're out of our comfort zone on this one. Yeah, like <laughs> we need to bring in a, like an expert on kink or something because yeah. I feel like we're just way too. Vanilla. Who do we know? <laughs> yeah, we know. Surely we can rack our brains. <laughs> so when you get into your kink, um, do you have the heater on or off? <laughs> Yes. to our listeners let us know but this is it this is the thing about kink is it's different for everyone isn't it so exactly i'm sure you've got the yeah. heaters on and the heaters off camps mm-hmm. yeah i mean i mean i personally don't like to get all hot and sweaty yeah you know? true. it's great like hot no no, no that's it no. but what i was going to say is that if it was a hit so say that he's come too close to something and someone's put a hit out on him. Would you do it that way? Like I feel like hitmen are pretty much like come in, do the job, get out of there before anyone sees anything. Unless it was someone who did research into him and found out that he wasn't yep. into that sort of stuff. So then they thought we can make it look like. Yeah. So my question too is, you know, they found all this women's clothing and wigs and everything everywhere. Hmm. 
where they his or where they planted there to make mm. it look like he was a kinky dude, you know? Mm. So, Again, yeah. they could quite, like, easily go in and look at his spending. That's what I mean, like, with the bag. That's why I asked. There's very specific places that sell those types of bags. Mm. Just like there's very specific places that sell wigs. Yeah. It wouldn't take much to look into a bank statement to look at, hey, yeah, this guy did buy all this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. They could. They certainly could have done a little bit more. And maybe yeah. they did and we just don't know about it. I'm not sure. But then there is also you do have to take into account that there could be cover-ups because of the role of, that he did with his job. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, it. I think that we sort of uh, think in a different way just because of the job. Yeah. Um, like I said, if it was just anyone Joe Blow down the road, like you would probably look, approach it a little bit differently. If it yeah. was Joe Blow down the road, it's I think I would probably be leaning more towards kink accident gone wrong with someone else there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. You yeah. know, because you'd be looking at it as like, hmm, weird loner guy into kinky shit, mm-hmm. pay someone to come round. Yeah. Probably already other- illegal for that person to be doing that sort of thing anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's the thing too. Like if this was a hitman sort of situation, they didn't. There was no break breaking into into the. It was a hitman type of situation. I think that hitman's got some weird kink stuff. Oh yeah, that's it. Maybe he was fulfilling some sort of fantasy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like there was no break and enter into Just the house. Trying out a new a new hit style. You know, he wasn't pushed into the bag. He wasn't beaten up. There was mm. no drugs in his system. So it looks like he willingly got in the bag. So you got to think about the circumstances that would have led to that happening. So, but yeah, it's yeah. a really really weird case. But it turns out. Um, interestingly, that just this year they actually took a second look at this case because I think that it kind of is one of those cases that just sat in the back of everyone's minds for a long time. Mm-hmm. So they looked into it again and they retested DNA because our DNA methods are becoming actually too good, they reckon. Like they can pick up such tiny amounts of DNA that they're actually finding that they're getting DNA from people that like manufactured the the um, fabric that made the chair that the person was sitting on, you know, and things like that. So it's almost, yeah. 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 I mean, I find it hard to believe that it's like, I mean, yeah, it might be too good, but it's still not good enough to be able to actually catch these people. I mean, you know, look at the Brian laundry stuff that we've just been going through. Yeah. And along the way, trying to find him, they find how many other bodies? Yeah, I know, a ridiculous amount of bodies. I know. How are we not solving more crimes if our DNA is that much better? Like, I guess you've got to find the body before you do the DNA comparison. Yeah, but these people are missing. Mm-hmm. And they're not even following up on the missing, let alone then dealing with the DNA side of things. So many missing people. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they've re-looked into the case this year and it turns out that they actually found some partial DNA from two unidentified people from the bag and also they found this green towel and this green towel never came up in the original investigation but obviously it was something that was taken from the apartment at the time but they found some DNA on that as well. Now, they've tested it, they've got their partial DNA. They, the person that made the towel, right? Oh, yeah, I know. How would you? Yeah. <laughs> but... They, they've got no way to Some poor Chinese man in the Chinese factory yeah. making a made-in-China towel. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, they've never been able to compare it to anyone. Despite this, though, despite this, like, new DNA evidence, the Metro Police, after the reinvestigation, still said that his death was most likely an accident. 
so, of course, you know, we aren't done because as goes with these cases, there's always a little bit more. So in 2015, Boris Karpichikov, a former KGB agent who had defected to Russia. <laughs> there we go, with the KGB now. I knew you'd like that. <laughs> so we've got our former KGB agent. He yeah. came up with some info. So mm-hmm. he said that Russian Foreign Intelligence Service, or the SBR, they were the ones that killed Gareth. He said that Gareth had discovered a Russian spy within the GCHQ and threatened to expose him. He said that the SVR killed him using an untraceable poison delivered into his ear. I was totally going to say something before about an untraceable poison because they are, they, yeah. 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 So if anyone's going to have it, it's going to be the Russians. Absolutely. But this guy didn't say anything about the bag or the fact that he was in a bag or anything like that. Uh, there was yeah, also a hit with a guy just wanting to try something new. Yeah, that's it. He's just trying stuff out. Mm. You know, he's just showing his artistic prowess. Mm. It's art. It's <laughs> art. It's art. What is art? What is art? There is also info that year that Gareth had illegally hacked a secret information package on Bill Clinton. Oh, well, come on, old news. There's plenty of that and nothing ever got done with it. In 2015, though, how relevant really is Bill Clinton? I want to know. Apparently a friend of his asked for the info and he went and got it. Yeah, but, I mean, Hillary. Yeah, true. The Clintons will always be relevant. Always be dodgy. So apparently he he did hand over the information to his friend and MI6 got wind of this and they were not happy about it. So, you know, we've got these two stories and, of course, they're all rumour and speculation. Like I was saying, it's like literally people on the internet going, it was the KGB. But, yeah, we've got someone coming out and saying, you know, the KGB did it. Other people saying MI6 did it. Hey, you've just mentioned the Clintons. Yeah. Yep. I'm probably going to have a black helicopter flying over my house in about Exactly. Well, you know, you've got to be careful of the, you know, you don't want to be on the Clinton list. No, definitely. Just of uh, people that um, died under mysterious circumstances after they said things about the Clintons. Mm. Yeah, just fantastic was... people. Look, I've got nothing bad to say. <laughs> <laughs> What's that noise? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know about Gareth, though. I don't know. I think I'm 50-50. I think this is just as likely a kinky sex game gone wrong or someone could have killed him. I think it's one of those ones where it's like pick your own adventure. Which one? Oh, is Oh yeah! Now that you've brought in the KGB, <laughs> I'm going with um, uh, unknown, unknown poison. Okay, yeah, the unknown poison. Look, the Russians do love their poisons. I'm going to say, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be the first time that they've poisoned someone and killed them. Yes, like, there's plenty more. They should do it too. <laughs> yeah, I've got a list that I can give them if they like. Yes. But anyway, everyone let us know what you think. It's a weird one. Uh, and, yeah, I'm sure that there's going to be a few opinions out there on what could have happened. So let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, come and check us out and leave us a review if you love us. And that would be great. Yes, please. Until please then. Don't show your kink. I mean, no. I'm like happy no. for you to be into whatever, but just don't share that. Yeah, absolutely zero judgment will come from us ever, but we don't <laughs> want to see it, okay? Just saying. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.